John Joseph. John Joseph is a pastor, teacher, and an evangelist of God's world. He's the father of Ragwest Chapel, a thriving church in the heart of Lagos, Nigeria. Be blessed as you listen to this message. Put your hand together for Jesus everywhere you are, and you may please be seated on top of your enemies. Glory be to God. contend and possess your territory officially today is the last Sunday for that operation and we bless God so far hallelujah yesterday we went we were on the outreach field and we had over 70 souls that were reached practically collected decisions for for the Lord yesterday on the outfit field. I thought you are going to put your hands together for Jesus. Over 70. Over 70. And many of them are finding their way already to this service today. Can I have an amen with me? Amen. Tomorrow Monday is the beginning of a new month. It's going to be the month of March from tomorrow. And it's your season of advancement. You know, it's our year of supernatural advancement, and we have seen that the advancement has started taking place on every side. Hallelujah. In the month of March, we are starting a new operation called Operation Cell Replication. What do I call it? Operation what? There are two types of churches. The church in the temple and the church in the home. The church in the home is called the house church. What do we call it? The house church. That's what we call the cell. In this church, we call it Royal Care Fellowship Center. Everywhere the house church is located in this church is called Royal Care Fellowship Center. Royal Care Fellowship Center. Because of the unusual care that is, you are guaranteed to receive at that location. In Acts chapter 2 verse 46, the Bible declared that, And they continued daily with one accord in the temple, breaking bread from house to house, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness, of art breaking bread from house to house they were having communion from one house to the other one house to the other breaking bread from house to house you see the church in the house carries the same unction and grace but this time in a multiplied proportion Jesus took the bread and broke it. He first asked the disciples, what do we have? He said, we have five loaves and two fishes. That was the grace of God. Now, that grace that produced five loaves and two fishes, when he broke it, 
and gave it to the disciples. He then asked the disciples to go and share it. All of a sudden, five loaves broken into 12 hands did not stop even when 5,000 plus were fed. It could have just been for 12, but it fed over 5,000. 5,000 men, the Bible says, beside women and children. Now you know that for one man, there can be two wives. And for one husband and wife, there can be five children, three children. So we are talking about a miracle of five loaves that fed minimum of 10,000 people. Jesus was showing us what will happen when the power of God is giving advantage for other people to replicate it, to make it happen. Jesus was saying that the anointing upon him can come upon the 12, and the anointing upon the 12 can also reach over 10,000 people. So in Matthew chapter 18, verse 20, he then said, wherever two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in their midst. So it simply means Jesus is not just a Jesus that was attended to 10,000 and five, over 10,000 people. He said, I recognize places that two or three are gathered. Where two or three are gathered is called the home church. What do, you, what do we call it? The home church. The church in the house. And it carries the same grace as the church in the temple. Where you are now is called the church in the temple. Now when we gathered in those small, small places, two, three, four, five, maximum of 12 adults per time, when they see 12 adults, they break and start again. We are giving room for the bread in the house, the word of God to multiply. The word of God represents the living bread. It touches more people. It blesses more people. Each time those cells are replicated, each time the word from the temple is taken to the homes, that same unction, that same grace enters into those homes and begins to bring this power of God into the houses of people. It is not God's will for the bread to remain only for five people or twelve people to eat. God wants this word to reach many. To reach many. When Saul began to attack the church, where he targeted most was the church in the house. Because he realized that something was happening in those houses. In the book of Acts chapter 8, Acts chapter 8 verse 3, the Bible said, as for Saul, he made havoc of the church, entering into every house, entering into every house, and alien men, in other words, bringing men out and committing them to prison. So Saul knew that if he wanted to frustrate the agenda of Christ, Christianity, let him go to the houses of people. He said, those people in the house, he did not go after Peter. Saul never went after Peter James. He went after the pastors, the believers in the house. He was going after the believers in the house. Go and read your Bible. Saul never went to the temple church where Peter was. He never went to the temple church where 
James and the rest were. He went from house to house attacking the believers who are going, who are conducting services in their house. Then Jesus showed up and said, So, so, why are you persecuting me? Why are you persecuting me? He said, Who are you? Because he, he was thinking that if there was a God, that God was the one in the temple. How can I be going into people's house to attack them? And you are saying, why are you persecuting me? And Jesus was making them realize that it's not just Peter that was carrying the grace. It's not just James, John that were carrying the grace. These believers that were not called pastors, these ones that were not called prophets or apostles, they carried the same grace that Peter, James, and John that they were carrying. He said, you are persecuting me. You are persecuting me because you are attacking the churches in the house. From that day, Saul became Paul and he changed. Do you know what he began to do? He too began to plant churches in the houses. In fact, he planted the largest numbers of churches in the house of people. Because he knew something that that was what he was attacking. When he encountered Jesus. And if Jesus could recognize the churches in the house, then he must be a specialist in planting churches in the houses. So when you read Romans chapter 16 verse 5, you hear something like, Likewise, greet the church that is in their house. Salute well beloved Eparatus, who is the first of Achaia and the rest. Say, greet the church that is in their house. 1 Corinthians chapter 16 verse 19. The churches of Asia salute you. Aquila and Priscilla salute you much in the Lord and with the church that is in their house. More than 10 times you hear Paul say, the church in their house. The church in their house. In fact, he addressed church in the house more than any of the apostles because that was where Christ met him. So as a church, we, have this, we, have, oh, we are following the pattern that Jesus laid down. That we will not just keep the bread in the temple. The same anointing must go into the houses of people. The houses of people must become a place where Jesus is showing forth himself. And anything that tries to attack those places is attacking Jesus himself. And Jesus will fight for them. Jesus will fight for them. The church that is in your house is the altar of God. The church that is in your business point, the church that is in your office, is the altar of God. It commits God to fight for you. Because now, the altar of God has not tabernacle in your house. It is time you take the altar of God from this pulpit into your house, into your offices, into your business point, and let the same grace and unction that is in the temple begin to walk in your various houses. So in the month of March, we are saying it is time to open up your home and welcome the altar of God there. Open your house and say, Jesus, come in now so that when the soul of this world want to enter your house to destabilize your home, destabilize your marriage, touch your children, touch your business, touch your work, Jesus himself will arise and fight for you. Because Jesus himself came down and fought the battle against Saul until he got converted. Because he was touching the churches that was in their house. 
Don't deprive your business point, your office, your house of this blessing that is called the church in the house. This it is a great blessing. It is a great blessing. He said, Why are you persecuting me? He was shocked. Today, in this from this month of March, as you open your house, open your offices, open your business. For the church to be planted in your house, I see God arising and fighting your battle. Everything that has been destabilizing your marriage, troubling your children, troubling your life, will cease from that moment in the name of Jesus. Now listen to me, I want to shock you by saying, it is possible for you to have the church in your house and not see the blessing. It is possible for you to have a cell center in your house and nothing is changing. Why? You must also have the right attitude. The right what? Attitude. The ark of God was taken to two places. The name of one was the house of Abinadab. And the other one was Obed-Edom. In 1 Samuel chapter 17, 1 Samuel chapter 7 verse 1, we read of the house of a man called Abinadab. Abinadab. From 1 Samuel chapter 7 from verse 1 to 2. Then the second man in 2 Samuel chapter 6, verse 11, 2 Samuel chapter 6, verse 11 to 12, we hear of the house of Obedidom. Listen to me. One had the same act for 20 years, no turn around. Abinadab had the act in his house. 20 solid years. There was no blessing that was recorded for one day that ever happened to him. Yet, Obedidom had the same ark when they took it from the house of Abinadab. As the same ark that was there for over 20 years and nothing changed. As that ark was coming, first somebody died. Boom. Then David said, Ah, this thing that is killing people like this, who is the most useless person in history that we can give it to? So that even if he dies, nobody will feel it. Nobody will cry. They said, Oh, we know one useless man. His family is useless. Nothing is working there. Is the most useless person in history. And David said, so if the man dies, is anybody going to feel it? He said, no, Obedidom. Nobody will feel it. Obedidom. Nobody will feel it. So they carry this in court now, killer act. And Mr. Obedidom, yeah? And they drop it there and everybody picnics. Everybody picnics. Because the thing just killed somebody. Obedidom dusted the act, prepared the place very well, Every morning, Obedidom will not allow any of the children to go there. He kept the ark. Within three months of having the right attitude towards the same ark that, number one, for 20 years did not do anything, the same ark that was killing somebody, three months, the Bible says it was reported to David that the Lord had blessed the house of Obedidom because of the ark. So something changed. You see, it is not how long, it is how well. You see, the moment you host a fellowship in your house, the moment you bring the church into your house, you must have the right attitude if you want the glory of God to come. What is the right attitude? If the fellowship starts by 5 p.m., you tell your children, you see, from from 5 to 6 is God's time in this house. This place, people are coming here for fellowship. We are clean this place, clean this place, clean this place. You they cannot be having fellowship in your house. And by the time the people come at five o'clock, they are now sweeping your house. You don't have respect for Jesus. You do it shows that you don't know that Jesus is coming to Tabernacle in that place. 
There is going to be fellowship in your house where two or three will gather to glorify Jesus. Where Jesus said, the moment they said, Amen, praise the Lord, he will show forth and be there and sit down with them. You are expecting Jesus, and now, five o'clock, the place is still scattered. You are even starting to cook. You, the one that you are hosting the fellowship, you are in the kitchen. Towel, towel all around you. And you are saying, Jesus will bless you? No. You are walking in the path of Abidah that 20 years. They can be having that thing there, nothing will change you. Because you are not honoring the Lord. Them that honor him, him will my father honor. Just as the same way you don't expect to come to church and see everywhere scattered, everywhere not cleaned, and the choir not prepared. The same way, anywhere the ark of God is hosted, anywhere there is called a fellowship center, anywhere there is any business, any place that is hosting that fellowship, you must have the attitude. You must take charge, clean the place, dust the place, dust the chair, and you say, Jesus, it is time for you. You see, there is no way you do that within three months, you will not see him touching you. Because anywhere is welcome, he celebrates such people. The reason why people do it and they don't sit on around is because they, they don't reverence God. If I be your father, where is my honor? Don't show long time certificates in any church. Show how blessed you are. You can be in a place for 20 years and nothing is changing. And people are coming within one year and something is changing. Nobody become promoted in any school by staying long in this school. Oh, I've been in this school now for 20 years. You just came. Then we should ask you, what are you still doing there? <laughs> so in this month of March we are not playing game when we give attention to the cell system we are not joking when we say we are planting cells in a place just as people get here to be saved it is time for that bread to multiply in your house welcome it with all diligence prepare for it some of you can even prepare things. Oh, they are coming now. I will take responsibility. I will be buying coke for them. I remember the fellowship I attended 1993 as a born again Christian. I was a young boy. Uh, the man, I don't even know him, Avolabi Brown Street, Akoka. His, his house must be very close to Bishop Okonkwa's house because Bishop Okonkwa too was living in Avolabi Brown Street, Akoka at that time. And that was where they founded Trem at Avolabi Brown Street, Akoka. So he was living in that environment. But I don't know. I, remember, I used to remember passing in front of Bishop Okoko's house, and that's where I first saw satellite. And I used to dream of it. Only there was no DSTV or whatever. But listen to me. This man, his contribution to my life was his biscuit and coke. Do you know I became so... There were plenty of cell centers in that church, Trem, where I gave my life. I gave my life to Christ at Trem. That's when I became born again. But there were so many fellowship centers in that church. Do you know the one that I choose? The one that I will get coke and uh, biscuit. As a little boy, as a little boy, I will travel to my house, look at the house of that man. And that man was doing it diligently after every fellowship. Whatever the preacher is saying, I don't know. But I shall know that today, today I will not go back and check them. Ah! And I was eating that, eating that biscuit, drinking that coke. I drank the coke and ate the biscuit until I could no longer leave Jesus. I jumped my way into the kingdom of God by one contribution of one man. Today, every soul I win is there. That man, I don't even know his name, is having an account. Because even maybe he's alive or dead, I don't know. 
wherever he is, I don't know. But the money he was putting aside every Sunday to provide for those who are coming to have fellowship in his house, that money is recognized in heaven. It is his spiritual investment. Today, I'm still standing because of that contribution of that man. He nurtured me every evening. Every evening. I have never met Bishop Okoko one-on-one till we located from that area. I think the only time I ever saw him was in Ghana, not even in Nigeria. But yet, this man established me in Christ. Only pastor cannot do the job. Pastor and no cannot do his job. Jesus could not have shed that bread to the 5,000. He depended on others and his anointing was upon the rest. Now I pray for you. This month of man that is coming, for as many of you that is opening your house, for as many of you that is committing yourself to this church in the house, to disciple people to coordinate it, it will deal three months. May God bring a tolerant testimony to your life. The same God who honored Obed Edom, that same God will honor you within three months. In the name of Jesus. Everyone who are opening their houses, everyone who are making themselves available to begin to become ministers at the same level, within three months from today, mark it, my God will decorate you with his blessings. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. So tap into it. Tap into it. Tap into it. So you see most of our chapel leaders training new people to manage cells. They will say, oh, yeah, let's train you. You hold your royal banquet every evening, 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. and teach it. Teach it. People are asking you questions. You will see, he will see what you are doing in secret. We honor you in open. You say, oh, now my business points, I'm bringing sell to that business center. Well, let me see the, let me see the devil that wants to stay in that place. It's not possible. Where people are getting to, to praise and that business will die. No, 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 no. Hallelujah. Put your hands together for Jesus. So will you, will you get involved in this cell replication within this month? Yes, and you see what God is going to do for you. Amen. Amen. Now today is um, destruction of the yoke of barrenness. And today's service is centered about destroying the yoke of barrenness. Because barrenness is not the will of God for any child of God. Destroying the yoke of barrenness. The word of God has four edges. Minimum of four edges. Oftentimes you've heard people say, oh, the two edges sword of the word of God. No. There is no way the Bible ever said the word of God is two edges sword. It is a misquote. Because the Bible actually says in Hebrew chapter 4 verse 12, the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any, any, any two-edged sword. Joel, is that you? Uh-huh. I need to find out what you are eating to chop up like that. You are welcome, sir. Than any two-edged sword. The word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword. So it's a multifaceted sword. You cannot imagine the kind of sword you are wielding whenever you engage the word of God. What are the four edges of the word of God? Number one, the word of God is prophetic. So as this service is going on, when you are receiving the prophetic word of God, you are receiving the life of God itself, himself. 
The word of God is prophetic. Number two, the word of God is powerful. It has the power to turn things around. Hebrews chapter 1 verse 3. Upholding all things by the word of his power. Second Peter chapter 1 verse 19. We have a sure word of prophecy. So the word of God is prophetic. Sure word of prophecy. It's called the word of God's power. And the word of God is creative. And all things were made by him. In the beginning was the word. So whatever it is that is not there, by the word of God you are receiving today, God is going to create it. Amen. I said God is going to create it. Amen. The creative word of God is coming to pass in your life in the name of Jesus. Amen. And the word of God is incorruptible. Forever, O oh God, thy word is settled. Forever, O oh God, thy word is settled. This is the word that you are receiving today. The incorruptible word. The creative word. The powerful word. The prophetic word. Something is happening to you as you are receiving this word today in the name of Jesus. Now the good news is that even those of you at the viewing center or watching online right now, this word is coming to you with great power. I said this word is coming to you with great power. This word is coming to you with great power. In the name of Jesus. Amen. What is barrenness? Barrenness is a state of unfruitfulness. Unfruitfulness. Barrenness means to be unproductive. Unfruitful, to be unproductive. And barrenness means to be incapable of producing or retaining seed. To be incapable of producing or retaining seed or offspring. When a man cannot retain or cannot produce offspring or seed, that man, that woman is called barren or suffering from barrenness. Now when you hear the word barrenness, what comes to the mind often is the fruit of the womb, which is often associated with women. But that is not the case. That is not the case. Barrenness can affect a man. Barrenness can affect a woman. Barrenness can affect a living thing. Barrenness can affect a non-living thing. So barrenness is not just about women or the fruit of the womb. In the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 7, Deuteronomy chapter 7, from verse 12 to 15, let's start from verse 13. It says, And it will love thee and bless thee and multiply thee it will bless the fruit of thy womb, you see number one, and the fruit of the land. It will bless the fruit of your womb and the fruit of the land, thy land. And it went on to say, thy corn and thy wine and thy oil and the increase of thy kind and the flock of thy sheep. It mentioned different types of career and businesses. Corn for farmer, wine for, for those who are into another type of business, sheep for cattle areas, because those were the major business they were doing in those days. He said, All these can be barren, and the Lord can also make it fruitful. And he went on to say in verse 14, Thou shalt be blessed above all the people. There shall not be male or female barren among you or among your. So, 
There shall not be male or female barren among you, among your cattle. So barrenness does not have respect for gender. Whether male or female, it has no respect for it. Today, whatever is called barren in your life, that season is over forever. Yeah. I said that season is over forever. Yeah. Now, I want you to know that by design, man was created to be fruitful. Man was created to be fruitful. As a computer engineer or computer technician, as you may want to call it, there is something we understood when we look at a computer. And that is what we call the hardware configuration. You see, every computer that is manufactured is designed to meet a specific need. There are computers that are designed to solve purely data processing problem. And there are computers that are designed to solve graphic users interface problem. So you, in fact, if you want to group computers into two family, we call them data processing computer and game computers. I can summarize by those two. The data processing computers are the ones that are designed to handle purely data processing projects. Microsoft Word, Microsoft Excel, browsing, and the rest. Those are the things. So the computer may be nice. The computer may be very good. But it has a limitation. It's, it can only function as long as it is working in data processing area. So you are typing, you are browsing, and based those basic things, doing PowerPoint, doing Excel, no, that computer will be fine. But the same computer, if it enters into another area that demands graphics, like playing games, those of you who like games like FIFA 2021, PlayStation, all those FIFA games, basketball, and every graphic. All of a sudden, this fine computer, when you learn that game, will begin to do. In fact, the first thing you will observe is that the fan of the computer will begin to make noise. The fan of the computer will begin to roll at a high speed. Why? The fan wants to say the brain of the computer is becoming too hot. So the fan will want to be cooling it down. And when that fan cannot cool it down anymore, the computer will hang. Now, the manufacturer is trying to tell you that this computer cannot do gaming. It, can, it is best for data processing, browsing and the rest. So you now see them design another computer for that process. And this part of computer, one of the things that is missing in both of them is what we call the graphics card. You see, the nature of the graphics card determines the resolution that that computer can handle. So a computer that has that is designed for data processing, when you look at it as a technician, you know that the graphics card sometimes may even be maybe five one two kilobytes or maybe one, one, one megabytes or 500 megabytes or maximum one gig. He's telling you now that this one is for this. But when you see a computer that is designed to handle every graphics, you will see them saying that this computer, maybe the normal one is called i5. They will go to the i, they say this one is called i9. Then they will tell you that the graphics card is about eight gigabytes. The RAM of this computer is about 32 gigram. When you see that one, the same thing that is making this other one to hang, this one will just be smiling. Because why? It is designed for that purpose. The question then is, what did God design man for? 
What is man's configuration setup? What is man's hardware setup? In the book of Genesis chapter 1, from verse 22, God began to describe in detail, just as a computer has specification. You hear there's a call i5, 2 gig, this one, memory is this, this one this. Man's hardware configuration setup can be found in Genesis chapter 1. Verse 22, and the Bible said, after God created man, he began to describe what man was designed to solve, what man was built to handle. He said to him, number one, be fruitful. That was the first blessing God released over man. Be fruitful. The next one, multiply. The next one, replenish the earth. The next one, subdue it. And the final one, have dominion. This fivefold are the hardware configuration of man that God created. Be fruitful, multiply, replenish. Be fruitful means be very productive. It means in abundance. Are you still with me? Yes, oh, you are looking too serious. Are you, are you getting something today? Yes, sir. Be for means be productive. God designed you to be productive. Multiply means to increase in number. You know, when you start as one, you cannot remain as one. Replenish means to feel. Feel every space. Feel it. Now, listen to me. Those two things is talking about increase. Dealing with barrenness. Then the remaining two now means to subdue means to overpower, to crush, to overcome. In other words, anything that wants to hinder you from being fruitful, anything that wants to hinder you from multiplying, anything that wants to hinder you from replenishing, I'm now empowering you by default to cross it. To cross it. Ah, you are crushing it. Dominion means to rule, to do exploit. God created you by default to do exploit. God made a winning machine called man. He made a winning machine. It's like a computer with the highest kind. You know, there are countries called servers. See, servers are built to be rugged. Servers are built to undo millions of projects and still remain standing. Man was God's server design. Shatayakata. Are you getting something right now? So there is, by default, you are not meant to fail. By default, you are by design of God for your life. You have no business being stagnant. By God's design for your life, you are a big man by default. <laughs> You arrived on the scene as a big man. Hallelujah. Oh, your hallelujah is having cold. Hallelujah. You arrive as a big man. Kai. Now the devil saw this. And the devil went all out to covet it. This man is too much. After God, the next greatest thing was man. God even put the angels under his wings, under his control. 
was answerable to him. And when he's coming, he resembled God too much because he, he was created in his image and likeness. You see, man was man was created to show forth the uns, to make the unseen God visible on the earth realm. The design of man was that anytime you are looking for God, you should go and look for a man, you will see God there. He created man in his image and after his likeness, so that as man begins to walk on the surface of the earth, you see, he is behind, people cannot see him. So, where is God? God will point you to that's God going. Know ye know that ye are gods, and that is why ye die like men. Man, man was the image of God in, in a physical form. God is a spirit. God created man to reveal who he is. Look at your neighbor and see God in that person now. Say, I see God now. Oh, yeah, even you see, you see, you oh, say, I see God. Now I see God. Wonder how God looks like? Look at your neighbor and say, Now I know how God looks like. Hey! Hey, somebody with me this morning. There's some people, even when they are saying, Look at you, they are looking down. Because they look at it and say, This cannot be God. Tell yourself, This is God. Hallelujah! So the thing you will then realize is that barrenness is an attack of the devil. Because when the devil came into the same, that was when barrenness emerged. When things become stagnant, you are seeing the attack of the devil on your life. When you touch something, this one fails, that one fails. You are just seeing what the devil displayed in Genesis 3 is attacking your life. When you go around, you nothing is working. Marriage is not working. You are seeing the attack of the devil on your life. When you try to conceive, each time you conceive an idea, you are not able to bring it forth. You are seeing the devil attacking your life. You say, stop complaining and start dealing with that devil. Do you know the mode you need to switch to? Anytime you see barrenness at work, go back to the two other mandates of your life. Subdue and have dominion. God has put it in you already. God knew that one day the devil will try to stop your business. God knew that one day he will attack your marriage. God knew that one day he will attack your vision. And he, he has put it in man already. That in case this happens, what do you need to do? Go into what is called subduing mode. You shall trample upon serpent and upon scorpion and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by enemies you say yeah. But most of us don't switch into that subduing mood. Oh God, why me? Go and ask them and if. You did well. You see, you don't have to do something wrong before the devil attacks you. By default, anywhere the glory is, the devil goes there. The only day the devil will cease to attack you is when he has finished your glory. The devil has no business. Going, have you wonder out of all the places in the earth? He only went to where God was going every day. The garden called Eden. He didn't go to Sokoto because there was no glory there. He didn't go to Kavacha because there was no glory there. He went straight to where the glory of God was located. He went for those who are carriers of that glory. God, Adam and Eve, those one became an attraction to him. And until he took their glory, do you realize that when he took their glory, there was nothing called serpent again? 
Go and read it. The day the devil finished his business, there was no way the Bible said that and the devil went to him again. He has collected what he needs to collect from them. That was the last time we ever heard. The devil will keep coming after you as long as you carry glory. Stop saying, why me? It's because there is glory there. Adam and Eve, go and check. The, for after Genesis chapter 3, they became irrelevant. Nobody was talking about them. Because what made them relevant was the glory of God. And the devil has stolen it. He said, he has come to see, to kill, and to destroy. You are wondering why when you move from this, if this is happening, when you move from this, this is happening, you see, that is why the Bible says, fight the good fight of faith. When you carry glory, expect the devil. When there is no glory, you are useless. Is somebody with me this morning? Is somebody following me this morning? I remember as a little child, growing up as a Christian, I went to one man of God one day, I said, why, what is happening? Before I came to Christ, I did chase girl like no man business. I'm looking for those who to toast. And I toast them. And every time I move them, they, they, they don't look at me as a toastable machine or whatever. Now, I, the day I said, Dear Lord Jesus, come into my life, as my Lord and President said, it's like they opened the gate of flood. No, follow me. So they even buy clothes, went to go and do savings and loan for me, to buy clothes for me. He looked at my life and said, This guy is too poor, but I will chase him. He went to go and, he went to go and even collect, he said, I have collected this contribution for you. I said, Me? I could do that. I asked him, What is he see? Cutting grass, is that attractive? Karim selling uh, fufu and gari and fish. But you see, she, 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 she went to go and collect money even for me on my behalf. Woman chased me. She, she saw that maybe gari was not working. She was constantly contributing gari beans into my house. When it was not coming out, she went to buy baby food for me. <laughs> baby food in advance. <laughs> I was telling you between you and I. I could not understand what was happening. So I ran to a pastor and said, Pastor, this is my problem. This is my problem. Before I became born again, I was looking for money. Now, people will forget money with me. Temptation to even lie that the money is not with me. They will totally forget. Before I became born again, when I entered the bus, the conductor will ask me for money. When I now, when I now became born again, when I enter, the conductor will not ask me for money. Then someone say, give, don't give, give, don't give, give, don't give. <laughs> my life, I was not, you see, the thing I was trying to achieve by force, now it's not coming to my table. I said, which one is this? So the pastor looked at me and said, congratulations. Welcome to, to the club of glory carriers. He said, now, there is a glory that the devil is after. Don't give it to him. From that day to today, the devil has still, can never, till forever, cannot collect that glory. Cannot collect that glory. Relax. Relax. Stop crying. Stop crying. Stop crying. It is well with you already. You have glory. You have glory. You should even be crying. Why is my life? Why is, why, why is the devil not attacking me? You should be, you should be worried. You should be worried. Because a boxer that is not fighting will lose fitness. A wrestler that is not wrestling will lose fitness. A Christian that is not fighting the fight of faith will not be fit anymore. When there is nothing to buy, to lose, you will lose your fitness. Ah, is somebody with me this morning? How to destroy the yoke of violence? Number one, you must be born again. You must be born again. John chapter 10 verse 10. The enemy coming not but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. 
but I am come that they might have life and have it in abundance. Being born again is to have the impartation of the life of Christ. That life that the devil stole, destroyed, being restored back to you is called the Zoe life, the life of Christ. That is the life of a victorious person. If you want to ever overcome violence in your life, the starting point is salvation, not negotiable. Salvation brings you out of the realm of the enemy and brings you into the domain of God. Colossians chapter 1 verse 13 says, Who are delivered us, Colossians 1 13, from the power of darkness and have translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. So you must be born again. No, no man builds a skyscraper without foundation. No man contests with the devil without the blood of Christ. We cannot use the devil to kill the devil, to attack the devil. You only use light to conquer darkness. You must be born again. Number two, key to destroying the yoke of barrenness, exercise in your faith. Exercising your faith. Romans 12, verse 3b says, Who are dealt unto every man the measure of faith? Who are dealt unto every man the measure of faith? You see, the faith that produces salvation in you is the same faith that will begin to tackle and attack and destroy the works of darkness. The problem with most Christians is not lack of faith, but lack of exercising their faith. Every child of God that is born again, there is no way you could have been born again without having faith in you. With the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. With the heart, man believe it. So you believe with your heart. You have faith in the name of Jesus. That is why you, you were saved. But the problem with most Christians is that they do not proceed to exercise their faith. So you see someone say, I don't know why my muscles don't they grow. It's because you are not exercising your muscle. The problem is not that you don't have a muscle. The problem is that you are not exercising the muscle. So the problem is not that you don't have faith. The problem is that you are not exercising your... You are not exercising your what? That is the problem. Now, in order to exercise your faith, you must understand the currency of faith. You must understand the operational laws of faith. The operational laws of faith. Now, there are two realms and there are two laws. We have the natural realm and um, the spiritual realm. To walk in the natural realm, there are laws that are applicable. When people go to space, you don't go to space with the same clothes we are wearing here. You cannot survive in space. The moment you move outside of the earth realm, the laws governing the earth realm is no longer applicable to you. So you see that even they, they, they don't carry the normal Coca-Cola. Astronauts don't use the normal Coca-Cola in space. They, their own bottle is their own can of Coca-Cola is different because if they try to carry the same Coca-Cola that we drink on this earth to space, the moment it, it opens it, all the water will come out like that and start floating and start floating. Even the way they design their toilet in space is different because if not, if they don't design it well, when the thing comes, <laughs> hallelujah, where has it in the land? Both the thing and the water. 
is coming up. So you start seeing your people like that. All oh, around the place. So everything in space is different. What you are saying is a law. The same thing. You want to break the yoke of barrenness. You want the power of God to move. You must understand the law that governs the spiritual world. There are two laws. Romans chapter 8 verse 1 to 2 describes them. One is called the law of life in Christ Jesus. Let's go to Romans chapter 8 verse 1. Romans chapter 8 verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation to them or to those that are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit. They are no longer following the natural laws to relate to God but the spiritual law. Look at it now. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. Now it says, Hath set me free, hath made me free from the law of sin and death. So there is a law of life in Christ Jesus. That when any time you want the power of God to come into the sin, you walk according to the law of life, the law of life in Christ. Anytime you walk according to this other law, you can be there, nothing will happen. Nothing will happen. Nothing will happen. Now let's go deeper now. Now that we know that there are three laws. One is governing the earth realm. The other is governing the spiritual realm. Miracles are products of the spiritual world. Of the spiritual law. And you see, let me say, in every situation, the supernatural always overcomes the natural. In every situation without failing, the supernatural always overrides and superimposes the natural. So many, for instance, did not meet with a man, but yet she conceived, because that is the supernatural. The natural law says you need a man to conceive. The supernatural law says God can make it happen. In fact, this is how it was. Anytime you see the word impossible, all you need to add is Jesus and it becomes possible. The quadratic equation for the miraculous is simply impossibility plus Jesus becomes possible or possibility. All that alters it is Jesus. Today, Jesus is making it happen for you. Amen. I said, today, Jesus is making it happen for you. Amen. Listen, you might have not applied for that job, but they will call you for interview. Amen. I said, you might have not applied for that job, but they will call you for interview. Amen. You might have not applied for that job, but they will call you for interview. Amen. Because God will make it happen in your favor. God will make it happen in your favor. Can I say, you say, yeah. How do you activate the spiritual law? Number one, you have to renew your mind. Renew your mind. Romans 12 verse 2. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Listen to me and listen well. What you know determines your value. Nobody earns more than what you lose. Nobody earns more than what you know. The more you know, the more your value increases. Your kingdom value is determined by the knowledge that you have. My people perish for lack of knowledge. I shared with them in the first service. The moment a man's mind goes on leave, his value depreciates. The moment a man's mind is not working, even what he can receive reduces. Because his mind is not working. 
Have you ever wondered why they don't come, come go, they don't go to the asylum to come madmen when there is census? Because they felt that they, the law says that their mind is not working. Have you ever wondered why they don't make a madman to come and vote? Because they said that his mind is not working. Even if he thought they don't mind him, you will never run mad. And anything wrong with any form of your insanity, God is putting it right in the name of Jesus. Amen. What are they saying? His mind is not working. When the mind is not working, the value depreciates in the kingdom of God. If you want your value to increase, you must soak in the word of God. The devil has no regard for a man of ignorance. The devil has no regard for a man of ignorance because my people will perish for lack of ignorance, for lack of knowledge. So it is time you, have, you cause your value in God to appreciate by staying with the word of God. Don't joke with the word. Don't joke with the word. And there are two ways. What you are hearing now is the audible word and the other one is the written word. Both are powerful. Let me shock you by saying this. No matter who you are, the only thing you can get from this initial setup is about 5%. If you want to get the remaining 95%, it is what you do after you hear this word. That is why the Bible says in Romans chapter 10, verse 17, faith coming by hearing and hearing the word of God. Hearing and re-hearing and re-hearing. There are 95% of what you are hearing that you are yet to tap into. That one is what sets you aside from the rest. That is what determines your value. That is what determines your height. Those who only hear the word of God once, maybe in service until next Sunday, their value cannot be one of five percent. You cannot live your Christian life that way. You only hear it once until next Sunday. You cannot rise above five percent. Because no student hears a lecture once and say that he will, eh, 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 takes a lecture once and says he wants to come out as a distinct eh, with distinction. He must know that he has to go and dig deep. He has to go and dig deep, research, learn more. No Christian emerges a champion, uh, a victorious champion in the kingdom, without paying the price of staying with the world. That is what determines your value. It determines your value. This kind goeth not. This kind goeth not. There are different demons that answer to different things. And the most strongest demon is the demon of ignorance. It can only be defeated by knowledge. My people perish for lack of knowledge. So it's time to stay with the word. You only, you only hear. I have never, you see, when you see me, there is no time you know you see me hear the word. I cannot remember the last time I sat in front of TV for 30 minutes. What am I doing there? I used to, but no longer. 30 minutes. Even 30 minutes. Stay in front of TV. Now, what do I want you to be that? I'll start telling you how I can perform move. Is that what I want to eat? Huh? Bishop Oedeko said, I spend an average of 18 hours with God on a daily basis. 18 hours. I recently tried what it means to, to be with God for 18 hours. Stood from 4 a.m. and did not finish till around 6 p.m. Then I said, No wonder God is blessing him. If you think it's easy, come and try it. 18 hours! And you, you are spending 30 minutes and you are desiring the result of 18 hours. That is called for spiritual 419. Let us give room for the world. Diligence is what God rewards. There is no room for a lazy man in the kingdom of God. Say, so is a rewarder of them that diligently pay the price of hard work 
what? You have read all the news, yet you still remain unemployed. Because it is not news that will give you the job you are looking for. You have posted all the pictures on Facebook, yet nobody is proposing. Because they, as your own is coming, the next one there's somebody that is that is that is coming because every beauty has an expiring date. There is no place that will not expire, it's a matter of time. Go and look at yourself 10 years ago and now, you will see the difference. But there is one thing that will renew your age. It's called the word. Forever, O oh God, thy word is incorruptible word of God. Instead of running from one prophet to the other, from one prayer point to the other, stay with the word. Stay with the word. God said he will reward you in the place of the word. If that is where your reward will come. It's not in all this one and a half you are doing. Looking for cheap, cheap vision. Cheap, cheap vision. I realize the reason why I don't easily give you vision that when you start on that road, every time they come, they are, they are putting their faith in the vision, not in the God. If you try me, I give accurate vision. I'm telling you under heaven. But I don't build the vision, a church around vision. Any church that is built around vision will not stand the test of time. It is only the church that is built on the world that will stand on the test of time. You come to church, any small thing is seeing vision for you. He wants to destroy your life. The real vision is the word. Stay there. And let me tell you the sad part. No pastor can acquire knowledge on your behalf. You have to acknowledge, acquire it by yourself. That is why instead of teaching you the word, they will not give you vision because they don't know the word themselves. Watch out for anyone that is always giving you vision, vision, vision. He is a lazy man because he doesn't know the word. Go and check Matthew, to Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. How many times did Jesus give vision to people? But he spent hours teaching them the word. That's how to know those who are called. Let them teach the word, not vision. You call any small thing. Because he knows what you are looking for. If he doesn't give you the vision, your money will not come out. So he has to say something so that your money will come out. And he knows you. Even in your church, you are not tightening because the man is not giving you vision. He's only giving you what? What? What is that? Now, what do you want? Your... See something. And my time is saying, ah, madam, I see. 40 boys are changing. One is sitting on your right. One is saying, ah, ah, this one, you get power. Wait till you want me to do. Go and bring your check. Ah, you, what do you want? It's time to labor in the world. Study to see yourself approved. A workman that need not to be afraid. I said, rightly divided the word of truth. When was the last time you spent one hour in the Bible? And you are saying that your story is not changing. Your story is changing. Only that is changing down. By all means, change will come. Even in Nigeria, it's not changing, not coming. There will be change. But you determine the kind of change you have. Number two. I'm teaching you keys to exercising your faith. Number two, speak the word. Don't speak the problem. Speak the word. Now, fruitfulness is always linked to our mouth. Fruitfulness is always linked to our mouth. Most of the time, most of us don't know that full our, the level of our fruitfulness is connected to our mouth. You determine the level of your fruitfulness. Let me show you some scripture to prove that for you. Follow me now, Proverbs 18, 20 to 21. A man's belly shall be satisfied with 
Proverbs 18, 20 to 21. Proverbs 18, 20 to 21. A man's belly shall be satisfied with the fruit of his mouth, with the fruit of his mouth, and with the increase of his leaves shall he be filled. So there must first be fruit in your mouth before there is an harvest in your hand. There must first be fruit in your mouth before there will be an harvest in your hand. If you are not harvesting your miracles, check what you are sowing with your mouth. Are you with me, somebody? Verse 21, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat of the, what again? The fruit. The fruit. So fruitfulness is connected to our leaves. A man that is not engaging his mouth will remain barren. Engage your mouth in the word. You will break any form of barrenness. Second scripture, Isaiah 57 verse 19. Isaiah 57 verse 19. I created the fruit of the lips. I created the fruit of the lips. Peace, peace to him that is far off and to him that is near. I created fruit of the lips and he said, and I will heal him. So you see, healing is connected to the fruit of your lips. You want healing for your body. But healing will happen with depending down the fruit of your lips. I somebody sit with me. Hebrews chapter 13 verse 15. By him therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips. Giving thanks to his name. The fruit of our leaves, giving thanks to his name. So your fruitfulness is always connected to the state of your tongue. You have a gossiping tongue all around. And you are wondering why the devil is afflicting you. Because every time the fruit of gossiping is what you are risking, problem. Your mouth is even faster than Radio Nigeria. Every latest news you find it in your mouth. No time in the world. No time in prayer. And you are complaining. Anna was complaining for over 10 years. She kept complaining until she changed the fruit of her lips to prayer. The, she never broke the hold of barrenness. Instead of talking to me, why did you begin to pray? Why did you begin to pray? This year, let's even take this year, but I know that at least for the past, if you go and check, for the past five months, I have not, you will not see me check Facebook for 10 minutes. Do you know why? I am becoming the news for people to read. I changed my level from reading news to become making news. So don't be surprised when I become the topic that people are discussing because now I'm spending that time in my secret place. You cannot be a news reader and a news maker at the same time. You have to choose one. You have to choose one. Yes. I've got to get anything on Facebook. Because instead of facing the book, in the recent, you are facing the social world. Now, people are going to face me very soon. Because why? Signs and wonders will begin to show forth. Why? I am spending time where it matters, where I will emerge as a newsmaker. They will be talking about me everywhere for good. 
<laughs> There's a price to pay. Not negotiable price. Are you with me, somebody? Yes, now that you know something, how then do you engage your mouth to break the yoke of barrenness? You must learn to continually say what God is saying, regardless of the symptoms that is before you. Regardless of whatever is before you, if you want to engage, exercise your faith, only say what God is saying. And I'm going to end here today. By the grace of God, I will conclude this sermon, maybe during by, on Tuesday by God's grace, because I don't want to rush it. I will stop him and say, learn to say what God is saying. If you want to break the yoke of barrenness by engaging your faith, say what God is saying. God does nothing without foreseeing it. Show me where God has done something without foreseeing it. It's a, it's a law of the spirit. You must say it to have it. It's a law. Just as a law of gravity that says, whatever goes up must come down. There is a spiritual law that says, you must say it before you can have it. If you don't say it, it remains undone. No, what Jesus said, ask and you shall want. Ask and you shall want. He said, receive. Ask and you shall receive. So he said, to him that ask, receive. In other words, say it. Then you will what? Receive it. Jesus said that with his mouth. So instead of grumbling, start speaking the word. The month of March is coming. What have you said into the month of March? Nothing. Nothing. So the month then comes. You wait until something happens. Then you start shouting, Jesus! Jesus! Mechono, Mechonogi. Before the thing happens, my parents are bosses are quick, quick. Start saying what you want to see. You see, when you are not intentional about what you sow, you will reap grasses. Nobody reap good fruit without sowing it. Have you seen plantain going in the middle of the road? Go to that place. It is only weeds that grow by chance. Miracle grows by intentions. Miracle grows by intention. Miracle grows by intention. Weeds grow by chance. You are not speaking into your life. You wake up in the morning. You think by it is by going out early that makes it rain. You've been going out early for how many years? Waking up five, by five o'clock, coming on eight o'clock. What has changed? But before you go out, you say, Today I speak to my life. My path is the path of favor. My path is the path of success. Men will favor me. Circumstances will favor me. Situation will work around in my favor. Anything called accident, when I step in, will not be my portion. I speak to my life today. Today, every eyes that beholds me will favor me. Nothing can work against me. You see, when you say for the word, you are going to reap an harvest of miracle. With answer to, you know, negligence. God rewards the diligence of your mouth. You wake up, you take your bath, you, you, you enter the bus. No wonder nothing is changing. But that has ended today. You are coming out of that barrenness. You get to that place of business. You lock the shop behind you and speak to 
west, from the north to the south, profitable customers, come to me now. Customers that bridge breakthrough, come to me now. I release angels, troublesome customer, a lot of customer, size customer. I send them away. One customer will come and engage you for one hour. How much is this? Turn it like this. Turn it like this. They say, hey. they, they will turn it, turn it, turn it, turn it. She will not greet this. You know, finally, so he agrees. Pay money. Ah, where's my wallet? Okay, what's I'm looking for my wallet? You don't greet this. But when prayer begins to bring them, I remember one day, you see, I've shared with you when I moved to Maplewood. But let me share with you the, the, the secret of how I bought furniture for that new flat in one day. After the Lord provided the flat for me, I was living in one room. Yeah, now God has changed my level. Here was two or three bedroom flats, water eaters, chandeliers, everything. I never knew that when you would enter out sometimes, there would be water eater inside the house. Even someone when we went out, no bulb inside itself. Even the boss at the landlord would say he has removed it. But this one, everything was there. Now I knew that there was no more that I needed to do. I was going out that day, I told the landlord to give me two weeks. Do you know what I did? I stood in front with my wife and I said, what do I want to reap today? I need money for furniture within two weeks. Do you know what I did? I began to speak the word every morning. Today, as I go, profitable customers that the transaction will pay for this furniture within two weeks. I call you forth wherever you are. I call you forth. You see, if God depended on the word before the earth is created, before the animals were formed, before the weather is created, before the land was formed, before fish could appear, without the word, your life becomes barren. Nothing is greater without the word. Even God depended on word to make things happen. How much more you? How much more you? Everything was created by the word. How much more you? I began to speak. You see, I'm standing on this altar and I lie not. I lie not. I will not stand here and lie. It began to happen. One day, one of them came to me. They know my job I will do for 10,000 in the days of computer village or what those is. I just said, you know, you put, I've, I've done my work in the secret place. The problem is that most of us have no secret place. We only have a public place. Eyelashes can only lash your eyes, cannot favor it. It cannot favor it. I always remember it's a coat. It's a coat. It's a coat. You see them, they even carry their eyes. Where are they on? Because in the eye, he's lashing them. But cannot favor them. I'm not saying it is wrong, don't get me wrong. If your your eyes have the power to carry it, but there is something bigger than eyelashes called the favor of God. I stood there, one, one came. I forgot him what he said. I said, I'm on. I said, it's going to cost you 100,000. He said, when will he be ready? I thought I was zooming. Within two weeks, I was at the place I was buying furniture. Not with, I did not lie or steal. I said, I want, it was as though I put something there. But yes, I put it there. It's called the word of life. They will obey. Strangers will hear my voice and they will obey. Your season of sweating is over. Your season of barrenness is over. 
your season of struggling like a jackal is over. Hard work is good, but favor labor is better. May the favor of God begin to assign your labor in the name of Jesus. Speak the word. Finally, John chapter 11. Two, two people were obeying two different laws. We're going to end there. John chapter 11, verse 39. A man called Lazarus has now been dead. Two people were standing in front of the same situation. The name of one was called Martha. The other was called Jesus. Look at what happened. John 11, verse 39. Jesus said, Take away the stone. Take away the stone. Martha, the sister of him that was dead, said unto him, Lord, by this time he stinketh. Two people were speaking to a dead situation. One was confessing the fact that this man is dead. The other one was confessing the word because in the beginning was the word and the word was God and the word was God. He said the manufacturer says, take away the stone. The woman said, it is a stinking situation. Nothing can be done about it. When you are confronted with that dead situation, with that barrenness situation, with that unfruitfulness situation, what are you saying? What are you saying? Confessing the situation will not change it. It is confessing the word that will change the situation. And look at what Jesus said. You know when he said, then the woman went out to narrate how bad he said, by this time he's thinking, for he had been dead for four days. Our words were painting a picture of hopelessness. Our words were we're painting a picture of, of deadness. Our words were painting a picture of, 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 of faithlessness. But Jesus refused to talk the way she's talking because she knows, he knows that there is a law that says he shall have whatsoever he said. I refuse to confess deadness. Do you know that Jesus on that tomb never confessed deadness? Move to verse 43 of that same scripture. You know, verse 43, look at what happened. Then verse 43, are you there with me? Move with speed, please, whoever is there. And when he thus had spoken, he cried with a loud voice, said, Lazarus, Lazarus, Lazarus. He, who was he talking to? A stinking situation. Jesus had the faith to speak life to a dead situation. Not just a dead situation, but an hopeless situation. The doctor report says, you don't have the womb, but the creator of the universe says, I created you and the womb and I can put a child there without the womb. Oh, the law of the universe says, you don't have a job. The creator of the universe says, when I created you, I gave you a job. You are not jobless. You are the, the law of the universe looks at you and says, you are, cannot be married. The law God says, God's word says, no shall want a spouse. You have the power to decide which way you want to go. The power is in your hand. The power is in your hand. The power is in your hand. Jesus channeled it in the right way. He called the open.
hopeless situation. This morning you are going to call that hopeless situation. You are going to give it a new name. You are going to call that child giving you problem a new name. You are going to call that husband a new name. You are going to call that your marriage by a new name. You are going to call for your baby now. You are going to call for your job now. You don't have to see it before you have it. You will have it when you say it. You will have it when you say it because faith is the evidence of things hoped for. The substance of faith you cannot see. Somebody with me. Jesus wanted to see life. He began to speak life. Jesus wanted to see life. He began to see life. You know, the situation was so bad that even when Lazarus changed position, the environment refused to let him go. Verse 44, look at it again. There were two words that Jesus spoke. One was the one that gave life. The other was the one that changed his level. You know, sometimes things are started working. But now, all you can see is that maybe you have time before your problem was that you cannot conceive. But now you are conceding, but the baby is not staying. Oh, thank God. The same God that is making the baby come has the power to make the baby stay. Maybe the problem was that you don't have a child before. But now you have a child, but she's getting sick. He's getting sick. The same God that gave you the child can also heal the child. Maybe your problem was that you don't have a husband before. But now your marriage is not working. The same God that gave you the marriage can make it work. Maybe your problem was that oh, you did not have admission before, but now you had admission, but you cannot pay school fees. The God that took you to that school will provide the means for you to finish that school. He called for Lazarus. The Bible said Lazarus came forth. Lazarus came forth. And when Lazarus came forth, the Bible says he came forth with the grave clothes. He came forth with his foot bound in the grave clothes. Everything about Lazarus was still showing that he was a good man. And Jesus spoke another one. He said, Lose him. He said, Lose him. He said, Lose him. He said, Lose Maybe your own word today is to bring forth what is not there. All your own is that your Lazarus has come. But there is still grave clothes around your Lazarus. There is still grave clothes around your Lazarus. My God, my God, before whom I start today, is removing every grave clothes. Customers will come to that business. Customers will come to that job. Your womb will be fruitful. Your marriage will not peace. Lift your voice right now. Everywhere you are, everywhere you are, and begin to speak life. Begin to say to your Lazarus, comfort. Begin to say to your Lazarus, take away the grave clothes. Take away the grave clothes. Listen to me. Everybody listen to me anywhere you are. Even though of you are online, listen to me. There are two situations I want to address. Your own may be that Lazarus is dead. Then you say to that Lazarus, comfort. Your own may be that the Lazarus has comfort. 
but there is still grave clothes around the Lazarus. The child is not well. The marriage is not well. The job is not well. The deal is not the way you want it to be. You are going to say, now let the grave clothes be what? Remove. Let the grave clothes on my health. The grave clothes on my marriage. The grave clothes on my, on my business. The grave clothes on my finances. But if the two is yours, then you will say, Lazarus, come forth. Grave clothes be removed. Lazarus, come forth. Grave clothes be removed. Because God does not have an abandoned project. Somebody are you ready to speak the word of God? Reach your voice right now and begin to speak the word. 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 Lazarus, it is time for you to comfort. Grave clothes, it is time for you to be removed. Lazarus, it is time for you to comfort. Grave clothes, it is time for you to be removed. It is time for the grave clothes to be removed. Speak louder in tongues for me. Speak louder in tongues.
in your life and that is if you don't have a relationship with Jesus. Maybe you used to be a Christian but um, you backslidden. Remember when Adam entered into sin, barrenness stepped in. So to break out of barrenness like I said earlier, you need to give your life to Jesus. So I don't think you came to church to watch the pastor but you came here to receive your season of victory. So wherever you are, if you have not given your life to Jesus, if you are not born again, you want me to pray for you so that whatever all the enemy has will be destroyed and nothing will hinder your prayer. I want to pray for you very quickly now. If you are here, you are not born again. 
Jesus wants to make all the difference in your life. Either miss this opportunity. Don't miss this opportunity. Don't go back home empty-handed. If you are saying, Pastor, please pray for me. I want to give my life to Jesus. I don't want to ever be born again in my life. Place your hand on your chest. I want to pray for you. If you want to be born again, God bless you. Online, wherever you are, the viewing center, make that decision right now. Make that decision right now. Place your hand on your chest. I want to pray for you. If you would like to give your life to Jesus, place your hand on your chest. I want to pray for you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Now say this words after me. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for giving me this opportunity to be fruitful by accepting Jesus into my life. Today I come to you, Father, just as I am. I confess with my mouth that Jesus is the Son of God. I believe with all my heart that Jesus died for my sins, that he was buried and he rose again on the third day. Today, Lord Jesus, I open the door of my heart to you. Please come into my life and be my Lord and my personal Savior. Wash all my sins away. Wash all my sins away. With your precious blood. And please write my name in the book of life. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for saving my soul. In Jesus' name. Amen. Father, I thank you for those who have prayed this prayer everywhere they are, online and offline, wherever they are. I thank you because as they have said with their mouth, so shall it be for them. Thank you for the gift of salvation that they have received by faith. Now, Father, I ask that you fill these ones by your Holy Spirit. Empower them for victorious Christian living. Help this one to stand the test of time. In the name of Jesus, I thank you, my Father. In Jesus' precious name, we have prayed. Amen. Shout it louder. Amen. We hope you have been blessed by this message. For more information, please stop our website at www.lgc.ng. May God bless you.